is the OK Outcast Podcast, your home for Oklahoma political intrigue and insight. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of OK Outcast. This is your host, Brittany, here with my co-host, Chris. How you doing today, Chris? Hey, can't complain. Uh, been running around like usual because we are up six days from the Oklahoma primary elections. Woo, yeah, primary time. Uh, so June 28th, this coming Tuesday, is the primary election day in Oklahoma. And there are a lot of races uh, going on. Some big ones for governor and Senate and Congress and even some races locally for various uh, DAs. And um, what uh, what races do you have your eye on, Chris? Well, I think uh, it's going to be an interesting race for governor. Uh, Mr. Stitt is facing uh, three different uh, primary challengers. And then on the Democratic side, we have uh, uh, governor race at Connie Johnson and Joy Hoffmeister. So, um, yeah, think- you know, I I find it surprising this year. Um, it definitely says something about the the politics of the moment that a a sitting governor who by all accounts has been, you know, as Trumpy and far to the right as the the base would expect has somehow drawn three primary challengers. Uh, that's pretty interesting, no? Uh, it is very interesting, but the question is, who likes Trump the best? I, mean, I like I- Trump. <laughs> I like Trump more than you do. I'm sure you do. No, <laughs> no. I mean, every every political ad I've seen in my time in Oklahoma during this primary season has been some variation on "I love Trump the most." I will somehow help build his border wall, even though I'm running for county commission, and I know the difference between a man and a woman. Uh, it seems to be the the gist of all the Republican ads. Am I am I missing anything? <laughs> well, I'm actually running for Pushmataha County dog catcher, and I am going to attack the Biden administration with all the stray dogs I have collected. <laughs> oh, geez. Yep. Well, that's the uh, state of affairs, folks. Um, <laughs> Um, there's uh, just some sort of connect that we're not used to having where uh, politicians that are running for something that has absolutely nothing to do with the federal government saying that the federal government is somehow involved. Not sure why this is, but it seems to be the trend at the time. Yeah, it feels like they really just take, you know, whatever the big topics of the day are in right-wing media and, like, throw a word salad of it together and, like, boom, campaign ad. (laughs) Bam. Uh, 
there's actually a candidate running in CD2 that I very much respect that I am now having issues with because of a certain video they pushed out. And uh, I simply do not understand the transphobia going on right now. Yeah, I mean, to the best I can tell, it's pretty calculated to prey on low information folks who maybe aren't familiar with trans issues and to try to kind of put a put a little bit of a crack in the LGBT community and cause the left to get fighting amongst itself. Um, now, I don't really know why they need to do that in Oklahoma where it's red as can be anyway, but, you know, that at least seems to be the national reasoning behind it is to to try to crack the LGBT community and break off voters that way. I blame Russia. Uh, well, I don't not blame Russia. <laughs> Russia, <laughs> if you're listening, and I know you might be, um, you know, we're talking shit on you, so get over it. <laughs> and I say, fuck off. Um, but, uh, there is something important I want to talk about that's happening here in Oklahoma County. I know you're not a voter in Oklahoma County, but um, our jail here, uh, Oklahoma County Jail, is a gulag. It, I know you've had clients in there. Can you describe your experience going in and out of that facility? Yeah, I've, I've been to several jails in my time as an attorney. Um, and Oklahoma County is truly a massive human rights nightmare. Um, it was built about 30 years ago, um, and it was basically built to be some kind of county jail that's also like a maximum security prison despite the fact that, you know, most offenders in a county jail, you know, very few of them are there for any kind of offense that would require maximum security. Um, because of this, it's it's been poorly maintained. It's a terrible building. Um, it's not, it's obviously not well run. So, I mean, there's certainly issues with the sheriff's office and their ability to run the jail, but I, I mean, anybody who's ever been inside the Oklahoma County Jail uh, would know that the building itself is a problem and is problematic. And I, I think as much as I'm not generally a fan of let's build more jails, um, you know, I, at the same time, this particular jail is in such poor repair and condition and not really built to do the job that a county jail is supposed to do, I I think it probably is time to move on to a new jail in Oklahoma County. Well, having spent a week there in my very early 20s, and yes, I have a checkered past, but uh, the deal then... Uh, I'm dating myself here, but 
that was over 20 years ago. Uh, it was bad then. And from my understanding, it's gotten worse. Yeah, there's huge plumbing issues. Um, there's huge ventilation issues. Um, and these are things that are absolutely leading to the kind of conditions that are leading to, to deaths. Um, it has one of the highest rates of inmates dying of any jail in the country, possibly even in the world. The United Nations has actually come in to investigate the jail. It's in such poor condition. Um, there was a time I had a client in there who was in there for basically a low-level theft related to drugs. Um, but he was being kept on like the one of the max, max, max security floors in there, even though... You know, he was not, not in need of maximum security by any means. Um, I was brought in there, brought upstairs to meet with them in a room. Uh, they locked us both in the room together. And then uh, I told them I only needed 15 minutes. I said, oh yeah, we'll, we'll be back by in 10 or 15 minutes to let you out. And uh, it was over an hour later. Before anybody showed back up, I banged on the door. I tried to get people's attention. There was nobody there to help, nobody to do anything. They did apparently couldn't even see in that room on the camera or anything. Um, but that's just, it can't, can't be done that way. Um, there are massive problems in there. Um, my clients have complained to me about you know, their treatment in there, about sleeping on floors. And while, yes, you know, overcrowding needs to be solved by not arbitrarily keeping so many people in jail merely because they can't afford bail, um, you know, I, I think you can still, you can still advocate for those criminal justice reform changes while also recognizing the need for a new building because this building is beyond repair and the money it's going to cost to get it into the kind of repair it would need to be is more than it is to just build a new one at this point. So, you know, I, I'm one of those who, while I'm progressive at heart and I understand, you know, building more jails can't always be the answer. Um, I think we'd be short-sighted um, to not replace that building because it's it's a nightmare. Yes, well, as a guest uh, of that facility, again, dating myself 20 years ago, the conditions were abysmal. I couldn't get information. I like, and I was in there for a low level theft as well. And uh, I think I'm safe saying that uh, yeah, it's been a long, so long time. Ago. It's been a long yeah. time. And, you know, like, look at Cleveland County. You know, they built a new jail in the last uh, 15 years or so. I know I had a client in there when it had just opened up about 10 years ago. And it's so much nicer than the Oklahoma County Jail. And that hasn't led to Cleveland County going on some massive uptick of putting more people in jail just because they built a new jail 
Um, it has led to better conditions in their jail. And, you know, for my clients anyway, they were thankful to be there and not in Oklahoma County. Um, they were happy they had <laughs> committed their offenses on the south side of 89th Street instead of the north side of South 89th Street so that they were in Cleveland County instead of Oklahoma County. Well, I will say that uh, I am voting yes. It's not a perfect proposal. I'm going to come out with that. It's, it's not perfect. The jail trust came up with an idea. But just so everybody knows, when you put out a bond issue, it's going to be vague because you have to figure out how much money you're going to have. And in this very unstable economy, a penny sales tax and how much money you're going to bring in, uh, it's, it's unclear what you're going to be able to do so that's been the case with the mass maps project uh, uh, and, and this isn't even a sales tax raise because it's truly just giving the trust the right to sell bonds to to finance this right uh, well yes it will it will cost the citizens of oklahoma county money sure. and um, any bond issue does if you're going to build Absolutely. something. So, yeah. Uh, how exactly this is going to work while it is problematic, it's also extraordinarily necessary. And um, I don't know if I've mentioned this enough times, but when I spent my week there, it was inhumane then i can't <laughs> even imagine what it is now yeah. uh, it, it, like I, I literally witnessed one of the deputies there was a guy and they uh, had lost his wallet and clothing and everything and so they dug through the lost and found and gave him some clothes and uh, but he didn't have an ID or any money. And I watched him be handcuffed to the bench when we were exiting the area and being told you can either leave or uh, you're just going to stay handcuffed to this bench. That's not humane. That's not America. That's not the Oklahoma standard. It's it, 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 like, it was one of the worst things. And this guy was a Middle Eastern immigrant. And, you know, he'd gotten arrested for, I, I don't even know what. And I, I told him, cause we were sitting next to each other, man, my advice is to get the fuck out of here. And he's like, I can't, I don't have any money. I'm like, I've got a little money. When I get my wallet back, I'll make sure and get you on a bus so you can get back to where you need to be. Uh, but yeah. And, yeah. To, and to be clear, a new building won't fix that kind of treatment by the staff. 
but it will make it less likely that those interactions have to happen if it if that if said new building is designed better um to where not everybody is being treated like a max security prisoner um so wait are you saying that if we bring in architects that have designed prisons that deal with this kind of thing rather than hiring local builders that build homes that go ahead and be like, oh yeah, we can build a prison or a jail. Sorry, not a prison. Yeah, but what, yeah. And it's all, it's important to remember this jail was built back in like the Bob Macy days when Oklahoma County was being run by a DA that you know was was basically like a. a taking a page out of the wild west and he wanted to be known as like the hanging judge who like put more people to death than anybody and like yeah you know, that's not the oklahoma county of today um and i don't think that you know i don't think that there's as much appetite for that in oklahoma county as there was then so i think there is a chance to get this more right will it be perfect no um, but as our former president Obama liked to say, let's not let the perfect be the enemy of the good. And with that, um, I think it's a good time to segue into um, into something else here, because we have beat this uh, jail issue to death. <laughs> I think we have. <laughs> that horse is dead. Its head's been cut off and put into somebody's bed somebody's been watching the offer <laughs> the offer on paramount plus paramount plus if you're listening we would love you to be a sponsor because i really am a big fan and chris what is the offer about so the offer is about the movie the godfather and how it got made and francis ford coppola and how everything came together and how the mob actually got behind uh, the entire movie. All they had to do was not say mafia in the movie. And uh, the main producer at the time like convinces them to, uh, this is a ton of spoiler alerts here, but <laughs> yeah, uh, if you haven't watched The Godfather yet, then, well, too bad. Check out The Godfather, but, an American um, classic, and if you want so, to learn about how it got made, check out the offer. <laughs> yes, and unless you want me to hear uh, about how Brittany feels about a movie she has not studied and you want to hear about me, feeling about a movie that I learned from Gray Fredrickson, uh, who was one of the producers. Um, yeah, you're going to want to watch the author, uh, the offer, not the author. <laughs> I mean, the author of the offer was a different guy. But yeah, the concept is here uh, with the horse's head. They made a prop that was a horse's head. And Francis Ford Coppola was like, no, this does not look realistic. Uh, get me something different. 
and the lead producer at the time gets the mob to find a horse's head uh like a real one yeah <laughs> like a real one <laughs> and so uh, for those of you who have, who have not watched uh in the godfather that horse's head is actually real well that explains uh, the reaction in that scene then. <laughs> <laughs> i'd freak out uh, too uh, uh yeah i know i would well, speak, but, speaking of the mob, that's actually a good segue into our January 6th committee hearing updates. Um, I've been watching them closely this week, and wow, this committee has put together voluminous evidence that January 6th insurrection wasn't just a one-day event that, you know, was was cooked up, you know, at the last minute, but was the product of a months-long um, concerted effort by the former disgraced ex-president Trump and his cronies Giuliani, Eastman, Jenna Ellis to pressure state officials, to pressure election officials at all levels um, to overturn the will of the people in a free and fair election. Um, the testimony this week was just devastating. Uh, the Speaker of the Arizona House, a Republican who says he voted for Trump in 2020 and wanted him to win, testified that Giuliani told him on the phone, we've got lots of legal theories, we just don't have the evidence. Just, you know throw this fake slate of electors out there and get your legislature to approve them and let us worry about the legal side of it. And he stood up to the pressure and told them no, said I took an oath to the Constitution and even though I wanted Trump to win, I don't want to win by cheating. And he refused to go along with the scheme. Um, we heard from election volunteers who have you know volunteered to help count ballots and work elections in Georgia for years whose lives were targeted by the Trump mob for their um for just counting votes in Georgia they they took video and accused one of these election workers of passing a thumb drive to another election worker and it turned out it was just the woman was giving her daughter a ginger mint as they were volunteering at the election office. Um, I think that's why Giuliani got confused because he kept trying to shove like Tic Tacs into his uh, thumb, uh, his USB drive. <laughs> yeah, and drunk dialing of reporters back at the time. I remember too. <laughs> but you know it. I, I'm left with a feeling, though, with all the evidence that's been shown so far, and the committee has said that since the hearings have started, uh, they did say this morning they're now planning on potentially having even more hearings than they had previously scheduled because more evidence and more witnesses have come forward since these hearings have begun. 
Um, so they're doing their job of putting the whole narrative together. But what's left me wanting now is that, you know, there's still been so much silence from the Department of Justice. And at this point, there is really no excuse left for why they have not charged Trump and his cronies with crimes related to attempting to overthrow the U.S. government. Um, because the evidence is broad and clear, and so many of these guys put it in emails. Like, they actually put all of this stuff down in writing. Like, so they're not even having to depend on he said, she said. Like, the evidence is clear. And I'm very worried that if Merrick Garland takes the cheap way out and refuses to, to prosecute here because of the politics of it, it will mean the end of the rule of law in America. And it will open the door for future presidents to do even worse. And, and I'm really worried about the silence from, from the DOJ at this point. Well, I want to comment on that. Uh, first of all, I want to say, you know, you and I have had multiple conversations about these hearings. I was pretty frustrated. We, we kind of had a little fun bit about it last week. But the late night hosts and credit to Stephen Colbert, because I didn't come up with that uh, shoving a mint into the USB drive uh, joke. That's fully Colbert's. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, you were right. Uh, it's coming out on you know I consume a lot of my news on uh, late night talk shows and it's just so accurate because it, it gets it out there like um, I mean you and my favorite person in the world and you know who that is I mean you are one of my favorite people <laughs> yeah, uh, you know who my absolute favorite person in the world is. Well, I hope it's your wife. <laughs> it, it, it is, um, and uh, it's not Nora O'Donnell. That's just my celebrity. <laughs> She's crush. only like the third favorite. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a couple in between. She's, her and Scarlett Johansson are my celebrity crushes. Hey. Let's interrupt this just real quick. Who are your celebrity crushes? My celebrity crushes. Alexander Rossi, the IndyCar driver, is definitely one of them. Um, okay. And, uh, you know, I'd be lying if I didn't say Brad Pitt. God, I hate to say it, but, oh, yeah. It's so cliche. I know, I know. But God damn it, he's so good. <laughs> well, uh, my wife's is Benedict Cumberbatch, and uh, I am just fine with that. <laughs> uh, should you be jealous of your spouse's celebrity crushes, Brittany? 
probably not. <laughs> it seems, <laughs> seems, seems like a silly thing to waste your jealousy on, but <laughs> yeah. I uh I I don't care. Um and you know, uh we have our internal jokes. Uh you and your husband have your internal jokes and um yeah, uh but yeah, the committee yeah. though, they are doing their job <laughs> of getting getting the evidence out there and doing it in a way that people are able to get the idea now of exactly how this all worked and what happened and and how it happened and you know, in a way that a lot of the evidence they've presented is stuff that has popped up in news stories over the past year, but I think it's really helpful to get it all into one place and and present a narrative with it rather than just, you know, the random drip drips and drabs of, of stories popping up here and there and with no clear, you know, narrative. So so they are definitely doing their job in, in that regard. Well I think it's both though. Like you you need the uh, the comedians at night to present it in a palatable form. You need uh, the CBS News, Nora Bell. Can I give her another plug? And CBS, if you would like to sponsor us, please contact. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, the, uh, you know, when these hearings began, uh, I was really pissed off. Because I was like, you're moving at the speed of smell. And you made the more attorney argument that they have to. They have to lay this out. And it's up to everybody else uh, to dissect it and give us the highlights. Uh, we did a poll on Twitter, right? We did. And most people said they would listen only uh via the live hearings themselves if if you could Brittany, could we do another poll to see how most people are actually consuming it yeah because i'm i'm betting you know based on the numbers 20 plus million watched the the prime time hearing that that kicked it all off mm -hmm. um you know, I'm sure the numbers are much, much further down on who's actually watching these daytime hearings and, you know, how much time they're they're devoting toward it. But what I'm seeing is like, you know, you've got your your CBS evening news then gets to hit the highlights of it on the 530 news nationally. And, you know, they help take the high points out of that. So you don't have to watch every minute of every hearing. And then I know, you know, even the, you know, the cable news networks are now doing some kind of nightly primetime, you know, highlight shows that are an hour long and more digestible than than the entire, you know, watching the whole hearing. So I'm guessing most people are watching, consuming it that way. Um, yeah, I would completely agree because... Uh, I mean, my wife watches them 
when she can. Uh, she's a busy woman, but um, I'd rather consume it in the uh, uh, nighttime talk shows, which I'm going to transition from this topic because now we've beaten this horse to death and we're going to have to chop off another horse's head. And that's just going to be... Ah! <laughs> um, John Stewart got the Mark Twain Award and he had a host of people that just roasted the ever-living shit out of him. And it was all hilarious. I think Colbert probably did the best job. If anybody can't tell, I'm a pretty huge fan of Stephen Colbert. I really want to talk with him at some point. Like my celebrity wish would actually be to talk about Stephen, uh, talk about uh, Lord of the Rings with Stephen Colbert, because he's one of the few people that's alive now that's read the Silmarillion. Uh, uh, <laughs> and that is now uh, the second Silmarillion <laughs> reference in our mm-hmm. episodes of OK Outcasts. <laughs> uh, wait till I get into um, it, when Netflix actually drops the uh, uh, second age. Uh, it, it, I'm so stoked. But yeah. Uh, the Mark Twain Awards, if you've got the YouTubes, YouTube it, watch it. It's on PBS. Uh, it's just brilliant. And I, I think Jon Stewart is one of my heroes. Uh, he, he just, he made people care about politics. He crashed an entire show crossfire um, <laughs> where, and, where that little twat tucker carlson got his start <laughs> <laughs> yeah and yeah he, he went in with like you guys are ruining america and, uh, I, I don't know and the, yet, the man and yet tucker's still trying to do it <laughs> He's, still trying to ruin america yep, yep. still chugging <laughs> along trying to ruin america <laughs> Oh, um, Tucker. Yeah, he's something. <laughs> uh, well, I'm sure we're getting to the end of our time here. Uh, you know, so... before before we do wrap up, I want to get back to local races. Oklahoma okay. County, the DA's office is an open race this year. There are Republican and Democratic primaries going on. As an attorney, I want to give my two cents real quick. I endorse Jackie Ford on the Republican side, and I endorse Mark Miles on the Democratic side. So whichever primary you're voting in, pick one of those two. I think those are your two best candidates. And I will let everybody who, uh, everybody know who I voted for on June 29th, the day after the primary, I will... Let everybody know when the <laughs> results are in. <laughs> After the results. Uh, yes. Uh, Chris and... isn't trying to play coy with us. He has some clients on the Republican side, so he has to be careful here. So, I, I, I always have to be very careful. 
But um, I thought we'd end on a pleasant note as we always try to do. Um, uh, any fun stuff going on in your life or any plans for some fun stuff? You know, I'm, I'm still focused on that NBA draft, which is now tomorrow night or possibly tonight if you're listening to this Thursday morning. Um, Oklahoma City Thunder picking second and 12th. Uh, could be an exciting night for the Thunder. It's uh, a chance to truly rebuild this team and get it back to glory. And uh, I'm really excited to see what GM Sam Presti has in store for us. That's awesome. Uh, I understand about 50% of what you said just now. Um, <laughs> That's all you, you need to understand. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do you want to ask the same question or are you going to be mean and not do that? No, no. What's, uh, what's exciting in your world? What's got you pumped? Uh, what's got me pumped is my crop of tomatoes is coming in so hardcore. I have to figure out what to do with them. Yeah. So you I'm need making... to send me a damn picture. You, we've promised the listeners a picture of these beautiful tomatoes. I, I'm I've... trying to clean up the garden before i do so i don't all want... right <laughs> okay. okay it will happen in the future but yeah i the the garden's a mess i've got to weed it uh i got the lawn mode um I'm well, getting it, it has there. been like 105 degrees almost every day so i'll give you a little bit of a pass thank you tomatoes uh, love that heat though Oh man, they do. When when we were growing tomatoes in Oklahoma, um, yeah, that like seemed like the hotter it got, the better they did. Yeah, um, you just have to water them all the time. Yeah, I have a soaker hose hooked up. This is cool, guys. If you have a uh, raised bed, definitely get a soaker hose. It's going to make your life so much easier. So. Soaker hoses. If you're interested in a sponsorship, <laughs> please contact us. Our DMs uh, are open. Follow us uh, uh, at OK underscore outcasts on the Twitter sphere. Follow us there. DM us. And hey, listeners, if you just have questions you want us to get to next week, hit us up. I'd be happy to have us uh, address them on here for you. Cool. And enjoy our new music that Brittany drafted herself and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. All righty. Adios, y'all. Adios. Adios.